0: Well, welcome to Living Free. I hope you're having a great day uh, so far. You know, I wanna tell you a little bit about myself. You know, most of my life, I hate to admit this, but I had a fear of roller coasters. I don't know where it came from, but I didn't like anything to do with them. You know, whenever our family would go to an amusement park or something like that, you know, I'd be terrified of the roller coasters. Anybody have that problem? Good, only me. But um, I I found out that there's actually a term for this. It's called coaster phobia. I know you're laughing, but it's actually a true thing. It's having an intense fear of roller coasters. And they have a few things uh, that uh, they believe that can help with that. Uh, One is a gradual exposure of coasters. So I guess you get on like kiddie rides for a while and work your way up or something like that or you go through cognitive behavioral therapy, which, well, I wasn't interested in that either. And so uh, one time, my wife and I were in the Bay Area, and uh, we're on a vacation, and we decide to go to a theme park. And so as I'm walking up, man, I'm seeing these huge roller coasters, you know, and so my heart's pounding a little bit, you know, and my palms are getting sweaty and that, and my dear wife is trying to calm me down. And, um, and we get in there, and we're doing other things, you know, and all that. And all of a sudden, um, we find ourselves in a line to a roller coaster. And my wife is using psychology on me. And so she says, she says, well, this is a different kind of coaster. This is a unique coaster. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And she says, well, this is one that you stand up on. And so it's a lot better. It's easier for you to get on it than the other ones, you know. And so I'm like buying into this. Of course, she's never been on this roller coaster at all before in her life, you know. And so I I take her word for it. I get on this roller coaster, and they're strapping me in. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm slanting back, going up this huge incline, you know. And I said, this is a terrible decision, and my wife has betrayed me. That's what I felt like. (laughs) So we get up, you know. In two minutes, of course, the whole thing is done. I get done, I get off of there, and I loved it. We spent the rest of the day riding roller coasters. So I'm thinking, you know, I spent a lot of my life, many years of my life, you know, uh, being held back by the fear of being on a roller coaster. The reason I share that story is because we're starting a brand new series uh, called Held Back. And we're going to be talking about things in life that can hold us back, hold us back from God's plan, God's purpose, uh, upon God's blessing on our life. And so I thought, you know, when we start this series, I wanna talk about something that every one of us can identify with, and that is fear, because we all have fears, don't we? We all experience different fears. There's the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of loneliness, the fear of being embarrassed, the fear of the unknown, and and in fact, even in recovery, Uh, we have what's called the fear of relapse because we're afraid that we're gonna go back to our addiction again and we get consumed by that fear. And so all these things can hold us back. Um, uh, Jack Canfield uh, said this quote that I really like. He says, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Isn't that good? Everything we want is on the other side of fear. See, fear stops us it paralyzes us from moving forward and it sends a message. The message is, I can't do this, it's too risky. What will people think of me, you know? Uh, What if I fail? And so we get those things in our head and because of fear, because of fear, uh, many of us will never go into a group because we're afraid and so we don't get the help that we need. Because of fear, we stay in unhealthy relationships, don't we? Because of fear, we try to convince other people that we're okay when we're really not okay, and we know that. Because of fear, we don't make certain decisions. Because of fear, we get stuck. Because fear can alter the direction of our lives. And so what do we do if we're held back by fear? Well, I wanna share a couple of things with you today. And uh, if you have notes, you can uh, follow along with me. But here's the first thing that I think is really important. We need to replace fear with faith because there's a huge difference there. In fact, uh, Philip Gully he, he wrote this. He says, fear can keep you up all night, but faith makes one fine pillow. Isn't that good? It really does. You know, fear takes our eyes off of God, but faith puts our eyes on On God and as I look back on my life there's many events that I went through um, that I've had this battle between fear and faith Uh, one of those is when my oldest daughter um, when she was struggling with heroin addiction um, we we tried to get her help we tried to get her in a treatment center you know nothing was working and so we got to this point where we had to let go we had to tell her that she could not live with us any longer because you know, it wasn't healthy for our family, the rest of our family. And so in that time, there was a real battle between fear and faith. Um, another time, uh, I had to go to the boss, my boss. I had worked there for 20 plus years. And I told him that I was going to leave the company, a very secure job, you know, all that. But I felt that I was being called into full-time ministry. And so when I made that decision, I could remember that fear versus faith battle. There was another time where a pastor from uh, New Mexico calls me up when I lived in Washington State, and he says, we'd like you to come down here to Albuquerque and to help people that are struggling with addictions and different issues and that. You know, I remember when I made that decision, there was the fear versus the faith. See, fear always uh, puts our focus upon that situation or or, or that person, doesn't it? And so here's what God has to say about that, 2 Timothy 1.7. He says, for God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. So fear does not come from God. In fact, fear is a tool of the enemy. He wants to convince us to look to someone or something else instead of God. Because fear doesn't come from God. No, what does come from God? Well, power comes from God, doesn't it? I mean, if we want power in our lives to have victory, then we need to turn to God. You know what else comes from God? Love. If we wanna be really loved and experience true love, it comes from God. If we want self-discipline to keep on the right path, what, well, that comes from God as well. See, those things come from God, so we need to replace that fear with faith in life. In Hebrews 11, one and two, Uh, It talks about faith. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. So the Bible lists these people of faith, or more appropriately, the heroes of the faith in the Bible because faith pleases God, it really does. God wants us all to have that kind of faith. And so what's happening in the Bible in the Old Testament is God decides to deliver the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of oppression, out of bondage. He wants to deliver them out and and give them or send them into the promised land. And so here they go. They travel to the promised land. They're standing right there. And they send 12 men into the promised land. They're the 12 spies. They're gonna evaluate the situation. And so they're in there for 40 days. When they get done with the 40 days, they come back and they give a report to Moses. And it's found in Numbers chapter 13, verses 27 and 28. And it says this. It says, this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. And I'm sure they had all kinds of fruit that they showed. But... This is always bad when there's a but. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Do you hear the fear that's happening right here? I mean, what are they going to do? Do you know that one of those 12 guys Uh, Caleb, he wanted to go right into the land because he had faith in God and he wanted to just conquer everybody. That's what he wanted to do. But what did the rest of them wanna do? Well, we find that out in the next couple of verses, 31, 32, it says, we can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. Do you know that when we are afraid, we like to get people on our side? And when we have fear, it's pretty easy to do. But here's the problem with that. What were the people trusting in? They're trusting in what they saw with their eyes, weren't they? And what is faith? It's seeing things that we cannot, it's believing in things that we cannot see, but they were trusting in their eyes. And because of that, it's such a sad story, because of that, they missed out on what God wanted to do in their lives, and they missed out on what God wanted to give them as well. How many of us miss out on what God wants to do through our lives and what God wants to do or give to us because we allow fear to control us. We allow fear to stop us and prevent us from going forward. You know, faith says that God, whatever is standing before me, I'm gonna go forward because I know that you have something amazing for me. See, we trust God knowing that there is something much better on the other side because we're trusting in him and not in our own strength. So we can't allow fear to hold us back, we have to allow faith to move us forward. The second thing I wanna share is that we need to listen to God instead of fear. Now this is easier said than done, for sure. Uh, there are always competing voices that are speaking something to us, aren't there? And, and, and one of the, or some of those voices are moving us in one direction and some voices are moving us in another direction. And the voice of fear, well, it's saying, don't do it. Don't take the risk, stay right where you are because it's safe there. Boy, don't we hear that one a lot in our minds? You know, we don't don't wanna do anything outside of our comfort zone. We wanna just kinda stay where we are. But God's voice says, no, trust in me. I will be with you. I will help you through whatever valley that you're going through, whatever mountain that you need to climb, I will be there for you. In fact, David, wrote a psalm, Psalm 23. Many of us know Psalm 23. But in verse four, he says this. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You know that when David wrote that psalm, he understood what a a, a dark valley was. He understood it really well. You know why? Because he took his sheep through many of those dark valleys. In fact, the valleys there had such uh, tall cliffs on each side that the only light that they saw many times was when the sun was right above them because the rest of the time it was all shaded and it was really dark and so he understood that. When we read valleys here, valleys represent difficult times in our life. Difficult times in our life. You know that some of us here, we just went through a very difficult time in our life. Some of us here, we are in the middle of a difficult time. And others, we are getting ready to go into a difficult time. Now, I would love to tell you and say, now, not all of us have to go through those valleys. But it's not true. We all will go through those valleys, won't we? And they're not gonna be easy. In fact, most of the time, they come when we're not prepared at all. They're very unpredictable when we go through these valleys. And, and uh, we want to just kind of run away from that. But David reminds us in this Psalm that when we go through that dark valley, that we don't have to do it alone, that God will be with us. He'll be right beside us as we walk through that dark valley. Now, some of us may think, you know, well, I feel like I'm the only one that's in a dark valley right now. Because we can feel that way. But it's not true. In fact, let me, let me do this. How many of you, by raising your hand, would say that you're in a dark valley right now? Raise up your hand. Well, it looks like we're not alone, doesn't it? No, we all experience those kind of, uh, those kind of seasons and that. And it's during those valleys that we're in that we hear different voices speaking to us. And, and one of those voices that we hear, well, it says to hide, to pull away, to run, that no one really cares about you. And then there's another voice that said, it's okay, I'm here, I'll be with you. You know, that when some of us go through an addiction, there are those two voices. And you know, that one voice is telling us, you know, it's not worth it, it's going to be way too painful to go through this. Uh, There's going to be too many withdrawals, you know, don't do it. And then God's voice is saying, no, I'm going to be with you. You can do this. I want you to be set free from this addiction. Some of us struggle with pornography, you know, and we hear that voice, that voice of fear. You know what it says? Don't tell anyone. Because if you do, you're gonna destroy your marriage and you could lose your job. Your life will be a mess if you let anybody know. But then God's voice is saying, no, get help tell everybody what's happened. Well, not everybody. I would say that wouldn't be good. I could tell everybody. No. But we want to tell people, you know why? Because the things that are in darkness that we're doing, that's the things that work against us, isn't it? It's the things that are in that dark that the enemy uses to bring shame into our life and all those other things. And so God's, God's saying, no, no. I want you to get help, I want you to get through this valley that you're facing. And then we have this one, you know, called food. Some of us struggle with food, don't we? And you know what we hear? It's not worth it, you failed before, it's not gonna work this time, you're gonna be miserable if you try to go through this. In fact, I watch uh, The 600 pounds Life with my wife at times, I can't hardly handle it, but, um, but here's the thing about this show, is that people are held captive in bodies that are 600 pounds or more. And you know why they're held captive? Because they're listening to the wrong voice. You know what that voice says? Is that you will never change. You can't change. In fact, they believe this as I watched the show. They believe that all you have to do is just cut down a little bit. Do you know that we listen to that same voice? You know what that voice says? Is that all you have to do is just drink a little bit less. You know, you're just drinking too much. Just drink a little bit less, or take a few less pills, you know, or gamble just a little bit less often than that, and everything's gonna be okay. But guess what? We know it won't be, will it? See, that's the voice that brings destruction. That's a voice that wants to take us down a very dark, dark path. But God says, no, you can do it. I believe in you, I want you to be healthy. Here's the thing, we have to choose which voice we wanna listen to, don't we? We do have a choice, and the voice of fear is a very loud voice, let me tell you. But when God speaks, well that fear is silenced. And that's good news. We wanna listen to God's voice, because God's voice brings comfort, it brings peace, and it brings victory. And so we need to choose what voice we're going to listen to. And then the third thing is, I think we all want, is we wanna pursue peace, don't we? I mean, you know, when we're dealing with fear in that, we really do want peace in our life. But when we allow fear to be in control, then guess what? We will have no peace at all. Because where fear is present, peace will always be absent. So how do we have this peace? Well, I read this quote from C.S. Lewis, and he says this, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. So peace and God are connected. You cannot have one without the other. And so if you want peace in your life, well, you have to connect with God for sure. There's a great verse in Philippians 4, 6 and 7 Uh, One of my favorite verses, it says, don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. So don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need, thank Him for all that He has done, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ Jesus. Do you know that worry and anxiety are really close cousins to fear? So when we have fear, There's always gonna be that worry and that anxiety and that stress that's right there. And so what's the answer to that? Well, God gives us the answer. He says, so don't worry, but what? Pray about everything. Why why do we need to pray? Because our focus now is where? And now it's back on God, isn't it? And so if we want peace in our life, we have to focus back on God. And then he says, and then tell God what you need and thank him for everything that he has done. Again, where's our focus? It's on God. So we're telling God, and we're thanking God, and now we're not worried about everything else that seems to be falling apart over here because our focus is on God. That's what brings peace into our lives. So if you are going through stress, and you're going through worry, and you're going through fear, I would say this, your focus is wrong. You're not focusing on God, you're allowing all those other things now to be your focus, and so we have to change how we're seeing those things. When we connect to God, we're not focused on those what ifs any longer. So let me ask you this question as we kind of conclude. What has God been telling you to do, but you've been held back by fear? What has God been telling you to do that you've been holding back because of fear? Because today is the day to break free from that. Today is the day to say, no longer am I going to allow fear to control my life. I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to choose faith over fear. I'm going to listen to God, and I'm going to pursue peace. So I want, to go, I want you to go ahead and bow your head with me. Without anyone looking around, let me just ask you, how many of you have allowed fear to hold you back? Just raise up your hand. Okay, nearly every one of us. Okay, with your eyes closed, I wanna read this verse one more time. Just think about what God is telling us. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. So Father, I just pray for every one of us, God, because I know how powerful fear is and how the enemy uses it against us, so that God, we cannot move forward. And so God, I'm praying for every single one of us that God, we would hold on to this verse. That God, you are not the one that gives us fear. So we know where the fear comes from. But God, you are the one that gives us that power, that love, and that self-discipline that we need. So God, help us to live in your power. God, help us to live in your love. Help us to live in your self-discipline and to, God, have victory in our lives. God, we thank you that, God, that we can move forward and that we, we don't have to say, no, this is just the way I am any longer. And so, God, thank you for giving us the answer. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.